What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Sports Inventory with your host, Ben Kuchipudi and Ty TZ Graham. Ben, since our last episode, a lot has happened. Let's put it that way. A lot has happened. If you guys uh, missed last week's episode, we did a mock draft. And at the very end, found out that Derek Carr signed with the Saints, and we didn't have a lot of time to get into that. So why not get into it right now? Derek Carr, uh, last... uh, what day was it? Last uh, Monday, I, Monday, I believe that's when it was. We pumped Derek, out, you know, the week, yeah. Yeah, he uh, signed a four-year, $150 million contract with the New Orleans Saints that includes $100 million in total guarantees. Tyler, what? how do you feel about this move for the Saints, for Derek Carr, for all parties? Well, I think, you know, whatever home Derek Carr was going to end up going to, whether it was in New York or the Saints or even people had him going elsewhere. He, he was going to do a great job. And I think the Saints is, in, is a really good roster for him to really excel. Um, one of the things that his stint in the Raiders really lacked was defense. And the Saints have historically been known to have really good defenses. Now they're losing a couple of key free agents there. They got a, you know, a couple of contract troubles. But he's going to go to a team where he's not constantly pressured to score, right? And he's going to have weapons to throw to. He's going to have Alvin Kamara to dish it off to. He's going to have Michael Thomas. If his legs are still there, it's not the Michael Thomas of old, of course, but he's going to have weapons. Chris Olave is coming up in there. So he's going to have a fun, fun time uh, being a saint. And as far as I'm concerned, he seems very happy. Uh, New Orleans welcomed him with open arms. Uh, he said one of the first places he went to was Chipotle over there, and it was nothing but love from the people of, of Saint Nation. And I think this is a really comfortable situation he's in. Uh, he's at a really interesting point in his career where um, he's getting a little older, so long-term commitment is really a huge thing. But the Saints jumped on it, and they gave him a contract. And I'm really happy for Derek Carr. Um, he needed this because the Raiders, for lack of a better term, I think disrespected him in a lot of ways. I think he, oh, was, they really the problem. he was never the problem in uh, Oakland or Las Vegas now. And um, the, what they did to him was, was kind of sad, but I'm glad he's found a home. Uh, now he just has to perform. Uh, if he does the things that he did in, as a Raider, he'll be just fine. Uh, and the conference that he's in, it's not too strong. Uh, at least speaking now, obviously free agency can change up a lot of things. But he should be doing fine, and this team seems promising. Yeah, with the Derek Carr is obviously coming off a down year. He only played uh, 15 games, 3,500 yards, 24 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. One of the league leaders in picks, but... Derek Carr, what? Yeah, as we, as you said, the Raiders never really gave him much um, help, at least on the defensive end. Offense, obviously, he did have Devontae Adams and the league's leading rusher and Josh Jacobs, but not a great offensive line. Key guys like Darren Wall and Hunter Renfrew missed a lot of time, and the Raiders have never just had a good defense. No defense above the top. No defense in the top twenty. And the Saints have a very talented defense with guys like Marshawn Lattimore and uh, Cam Jordan, rising young guys like Marcus Davenport, Peyton Turner. Um, so that thing. So um, I like this move for the Saints, and we know the NFC South is might be the weakest division of football right now, at least quarterback wise. Now that Tom Brady has officially retired, is not coming back to the game. We did um, hear news about the Carolina Panthers that we're going to get to later in the episode. But currently, as it stands, the starting quarterbacks besides Carr in the NFC in the NFC South are Kyle Trask, Desmond Ritter, and Sam Darnold. Yikes. That's all I got to say. So I think Derek Carr should be able to find his footing in New Orleans very quickly. And I'd be shocked if they didn't win the division because Tampa Bay is talented. 
they have a very talented roster on paper, but they're guys who are going to inevitably leave. Levante David's testing the market. Jamel Dean's going to test the market. They cut their uh, tackle recently, Donovan Smith. I wouldn't be shocked if one of uh, Mike Evans or Chris Godwin gets moved. It's going to be a long offseason for Tampa Bay, and the Falcons and the Panthers are clearly rebuilding. So New Orleans should be able to storm through this division if Carr plays a high-level football. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a low pressure situation for him to get his footing. You know, he's not thrust or propelled into a situation where he has to win now. Obviously, this is going to be a very, very comfortable thing for him. And the Saints schedule is never that strong to begin with. And um, like you mentioned, Ben, their only big comp was the Buccaneers. But at this point, they're going to blow it up probably. And they're going to go full lotto team. And they're going to start shipping pieces, letting guys walk. Because if Tom's out and he's truly out, because apparently he has a kitten to watch for his daughter. Then, yes, he does. You know, it, it's it's uh, it's full picking for Derek Carr to comfortably get his confidence back, comfortably get back to the quarterback play that we know him as, the 4,000-plus yard guy. And it's going to be really, really good for Derek Carr to get his footing in the Saints. And it's a really good situation, but um, good luck to him. I'm a huge Derek Carr fan, and I really wish the best for him there. And, uh, no I am too. I, I want Derek Carr on the Jets because I – Felt like it fit the timeline pretty well. You know, he's still relatively younger at uh, 31 years old, and he has a uh, definitely has some a few a few good years left at him at least. So, um, he's gonna spend that time down south partying it up uh, for Mardi Gras, eating some good Creole food, but more importantly, uh, hopefully winning some football games because I would love to see Derek Carr um, make a deep playoff run. Absolutely, absolutely. But I think we have to address the elephant in the room before we get into anything major free agent talk. Is the Panthers and Bears? doing what they have to do and the oh Panthers getting that first round pick. Ben, how do you feel about um, both sides? We can start with Chicago. How do you feel about Chicago acquiring not only the ninth pick, but the 61st pick next year's first round pick and DJ Moore? How do you feel about their haul in this little trade? I was so shocked that DJ Moore was even included in this trade. I thought it was just going to be a straight up pick, uh, pick swap of a trade. But the fact that DJ Moore was in this trade is insane. Ryan Poles, amazing job. I'm trying to um, amazing job in and I'm um, getting this package. So they got the ninth overall pick, uh, pick uh, 61. They got a first next year and a first, a second in 2025, along with DJ Moore, one of the most underrated receivers in the league. Absolutely. Him and Terry McLaurin have been in the same situation ever since they both entered the league. I think not in this. I think in the same no no DJ Moore was a year earlier. Scary Terry was a year later. They both have been amazing receivers with subpar quarterback play. Absolutely. And um, with um, DJ Moore going to the Bears, Justin Fields finally has that X receiver, that number one guy. He was dealing with uh, Darnell Mooney and whatever was left to Chase Claypool last year as the two receivers, but now he has DJ Moore. And I saw a very interesting stat: DJ Moore has just over. 5,200 receiving yards. That's more than any receiver in Bears history. And he's only 25 years old. Yep. So to say that the Bears needed a, a big upgrade receiver is more than an understatement. And also, the amount of picks that they got back, if they want to um, trade those for more proven players or just keep filling the roster with cheap young talent, like they can do that. The Bears have put themselves in a very good position to succeed and build their team around their ascending quarterback in Justin Fields. So. I love this move for Chicago, but for Carolina, this was a move that green Scott Fitter's seat is scorching hot because they they haven't had that franchise guy since Cam Newton, 
And now they have their pick of the crop. They can get their CJ Stroud or their Bryce Young or even their Anthony Richardson to be that next Cam Newton. But this is a huge, huge package, especially getting a DJ Moore. And the most important thing for a young quarterback is to have a very trustworthy receiver. And DJ Moore realistically was the only trustworthy receiver on that team. Mm-hmm. Now they're uh their top three receivers as it stands currently are LaVisca Chenault, Therese Marshall Jr., and Shai Smith. Not a great quarterback room for um their rookie quarterback. So I'm a little it's a little concerning for um whoever's gonna get thrown into the fire in Carolina, but this is this was a big this might this was a huge move for Carolina. They traded um one uh, franchise cornerstone Christian McCaffrey earlier um at the midseason. Now they just made this move. This shows the direction that the franchise is moving in. And I think as much as as big as a package was, Scott Fitter had to make this move because if it because the Panthers weren't gonna get a top tier quarterback at nine. Maybe they were gonna get a Will Levis if he fell to nine, but with all the teams that needed a quarterback, someone probably would have traded up. So I like the idea of trading up for number one, but the package given up was a lot, to say the least. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I just think that the Bears fleeced the Panthers, for lack of a better term. But I also think that Carolina had somewhat of a deja vu moment. I think they they recollected the days when Cam Newton was on the board coming out of Auburn. And I think they had that same idea with Anthony Richardson, especially post-combine, what this kid could do. Because I do think he has the highest ceiling out of the quarterbacks available. Because um, his only issue is the intangibles aspect, you know, the decision-making. But uh, he has a stronger arm than anybody else in this class. He's faster than anybody else in this class. He's more athletic than anybody else in this class. And I think Carolina much rather jump on a athlete and work about the quarterback intangibles later than a quarterback intangibles guy who lacks the athleticism. And I think they had a deja vu, deja vu moment uh, from the Cam Newton days. And I think, honestly, Ben, I think they're going to jump on Anthony Richardson with that first pick. I don't know why. I think I just have a gut feeling. Um, it all depends on what Frank Wright and the rest of Co. wants to do. Um, I think what the right decision should be is taking C.J. Stroud at this moment, maybe. I think it just fits what, better well with what Frank Wright has in mind. But then again, like you you said beautifully, Ben, like this quarterback, whomever is going to get picked with this first pick, doesn't have anybody to throw to. And they lost the, the ninth and the 61st, which are other picks that you could have gotten just someone else, you know? So what's 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 the angle here? Are you going to work free agency for a guy you're going to throw a lot of money at because the cap space situation in Carolina is beautiful now? Um, what do you do about Sam Darnold? Do you just let him walk? Do what you got to do? You restructure there, and we're going to get re- get into restructures soon because I think that's a huge thing going into this free agency. But I think the Panthers they got what they got, but they they lost more than than they than they should have. But uh, I think it was two teams that were so far left and so far right that they had to meet in some middle ground. And it, it took them losing DJ Moore, which is big. But that frees up DJ Moore, and he puts them in a situation in Chicago where it's an incredibly young team, an incredibly exciting team going forward. Uh, Justin Fields has that guy now to throw to that we know is reliable. You know, Chase Claypool was never that number one option, but he's perfect at the number two. And if they just do a couple more, and you have Cole Komet now too with tight end, like, that Chicago team is a team to be feared going forward. They just got to wrinkle a couple things out. And now that you have the draft capital of 9th, 61st, next year, and you're also other picks too, they can really flush out that that lineup to be one of those young and upcoming teams that 
want to prove themselves and they can turn into somewhat of a Memphis Grizzlies kind of like team where it's just gritty, hard-nosed, young, want to prove themselves. And uh, it'd be really, really exciting to see. It was, a, it was a crazy trade, though. Me and Ben, we were hanging out. We had an event to work. And we just saw on the, uh, you know, the, the, the Bleacher Report, insane, just out of left field. It was, yeah, seeing that go down live was certainly something. And the Bears, trained down a nine, they they had their options at nine. Now, uh, yeah. they got a lot of holes in the team. Obviously, they're the worst team in football. But you can draft Peter Skaronsky with that pick, a tackle, or Paris Johnson, another tackle. You could draft a pass rusher, maybe a Miles Murphy or a Tyree Wilson. You could draft go the cornerback route. Devin Witherspoon is going to be on the board probably. Yep. Or maybe if Jalen Carter, if those if the legal issues scare teams away, he's probably the best player in this class overall. If he's there at nine and Chicago, and Chicago is looking for a D tackle, why not take a flyer on him? They got their options. They could. This is. This is a franchise alter move for both teams, and I'm really excited to see what both what they can both do come draft and free agency. Yeah, this just shook up a lot of mock draft boards, and um, it could really do a lot, you know. And the the fact that the Bears have this kind of draft capital now, um, it's really really scary. If they draft right, they might just play their cards absolutely stellar, and it, this team might be you know a team to really really fear in three years to come. Would have never thought that uh, in the million years that the Bears would be a team to fear. But they're finally building the team the right way, which is good because Bears fans have dealt with a lot ever since the 85 Bears. Yeah, a lot of hardship for Chicago, but um, they're turning that narrative of the poverty franchise around and turning it into something of a future with Justin Fields, Cole Komet, now DJ Moore, Chase Claypool. I'm excited for them. But to move on, Ben, what do you think about this upcoming free agency period? Um I think personally, Ben, this is going to be one of the most exciting free agencies because the wide receivers in this free agency are awesome. Guys are getting cut. Guys are getting restructured. Every other team, every third team, I feel like is restructuring contracts, uh, banking on a big move. Ben, I got a question. What do you think is the first big move to happen in this free agency? you have any predictions, any bold takes? Are we talking trade or are we talking signings? Just straight up signing. We don't have to worry about it. We'll get into I trading think. later because Aaron Rodgers falls into that. And I want to see. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of tough because a lot of talented guys just hit the market because teams are going to cut them. Adam Thielen got cut recently. Taylor Luan got cut recently. Bobby Wagner got cut recently. William Jackson, Shaq Griffin. And then you got guys... A lot of the Philadelphia guys, Javon Hargave, um, CJ Gardner-Johnson, James Bradbury, they're all likely to leave. And even Darius Slay is getting permission to um, seek a trade. So it's so hard to predict what the first move is going to be. I remember one of the first major moves for free agency last year. Off the top of my head, I think... uh, Remember Brandon Sheriff getting signed to the Jaguars was one of the first moves, and also Lakin Thomas getting signed to the Jets. So I think a lot of the offensive linemen might get off the board. I could see Orlando Brown signing somewhere pretty quickly, whether it be a huge contract with the Chiefs or with someone else, because this guy is easily the best tackle on the market. He's still only 26 years old. And every team that has cap space and need, that has a whole attack was going to be lobbying for his services. So I'd say like the younger, definitely the younger guys are going to get looked at first i could all see jesse bates getting off the board pretty quickly he's only 26 years old one of the best safeties in football so i i expect him to leave altogether and go somewhere else and also uh tremaine edmonds a linebacker from buffalo another young player who's extremely talented he's gonna leave buffalo i expect him to go somewhere quickly 
Yeah, I, I think uh, a lot of those, you know, unsung heroes of linemen and other positions are going to get off the board. But I think the wide receivers are going to really shake up the market. Um, as a Dallas Cowboys fan, there are so many things that we want to do. Um, I think we're going to jump on Bobby Wagner. I think Odell is in the works. Um, Des Bryant is really advocating for D-Hop. Um, we might make a run at Jalen Ramsey. Obviously, that's and Diggs also. Stephon Diggs unfollowed the Bills and follows the Cowboys. Yeah, and he started following some Cowboys guys. So um, it, it excites me as a Dallas Cowboys fan that we have all these really good free agents that we can really uh, hone in on. And there's so many different ways we can play it. We restructured Zach Martin and Dak Prescott free of over $30 million in cap space, which is awesome. And um, that really excites me. Obviously, I don't get too excited because it's the same narrative every year. Great regular season team, first round exit, second round exit, whatever. But things can change if we get up a Bobby Wagner, who not even a year ago was the highest rated PFF linebacker in the league. Or getting a Jalen Ramsey, who we all know is cornerback number one, one of the best defensive backs in the league. It changes things up if we get a D-hop, take some stretch off a CD, or we have a big question mark on Odell. He's currently having workouts in Arizona, and people are falling in love with his tape. So... It's really, really interesting, but this might be one of the most exciting free agent uh, windows that we've we've ever had. And it, it has started with this trade here for the first pick. Like, there's a lot of this league's going to look a really, really different uh, coming the next season, especially if some teams like Tampa Bay really blow it up and start shelling out talent. We can see a lot of different guys in different jerseys. I'm not going to be used to Adam Thielen just not looking good in purple. You know, it, it's going to be uh -huh. weird seeing D Hop anybody else, right? It's going to see oh, if Odell signs as a Cowboy. That's going to be really weird to look at. You know, and hell, as a Jets fan, Ben, I'm sure if you land Odell or some other guy like that, pair him with Aaron Rodgers, that'd be awesome. Be um, awesome. It'd be really weird seeing him in the in the Gotham green, but I would enjoy it. It's it just it's it's really really exciting to for this for this class to come up, and this excites me for the next this next generation of NFL because Aaron Rodgers is the, is the kind of final guy here. You know, he's thirty nine years old, and um, according to some sources, Connor Hughes said, and then I quote tweet here uh, earlier this morning. He says, "From my understanding on the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, everything that needs to be done is essentially done in regards to a trade." Both sides have worked out what needs to be worked out. So if Rodgers wants to be a Jet, he'll be a Jet. So at the end of the day, they're waiting on him to decide. But both sides figured out what they have to shell out. They figured out what they want to move on with. Ben, how do you feel that the ball is in Rodgers' court and both sides basically have their trade in place? All I'm saying is this guy needs to make a decision fast because my mental health can't take it at this point. I'm sure you <laughs> feel the same way. It's an, and also I heard an interesting um, thing from uh, Mark Murphy, who's the uh, owner and the CEO of the, not owner, the CEO of the Green Bay Packers. He uh, essentially, be, essentially said a goodbye to Aaron Rodgers. Like, you know, he was like, like Brett Favre, Aaron had a good career here. And um, obviously we walk, if he wants to come back, welcome back. He's a great player, but basically saying we fully expect him to leave and we're completely comfortable giving Jordan love the keys to the franchise. So Shells tells me that it's New Yorker retirement for Rodgers. So I hope he doesn't choose the latter, but I don't think he would leave $60 million on the table just to retire. And I just, I hope he makes the decision soon because free agency is going to depend a lot on what Aaron Rodgers does. Um, Sauce Gardner said on um, his live stream, actually, that Aaron, if you just get Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be a package deal. They're going to get other guys. So I'm expecting. Al Mazard, possibly Randall Cobb, possibly, but because Braxton Barris just got cut, 
expecting possibly Odell Beckham. Uh, he said Sauce said Odell Beckham specifically as one of the package guys. And the Jets watched his workout in um, Arizona. So I think uh, he'd be a perfect option considering Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson, the only two receivers um, on the team worth starting. Corey Davis is going to be cut. That's why I'm not counting him. But And it seems like the Jets are preparing to make a bunch of moves in free agency and the trade market because restructure, they restructure the contracts of uh, CJ Uzama, Lake and Tomlinson, DJ Reed, and Tyler Conklin, which cleared up a little over $18 million in cap space. So now they're um, sitting pretty under the cap and they can still cut the contracts of Corey Davis and Carl Lawson and restructure CJ Mosley, save over $30 million. So Joe Douglas is taking this offseason very seriously. This is going to be a very pitiful offseason. A lot of a lot of jobs are going to be a lot on the line in New York this season because the Jets over overachieved in the first half and absolutely, absolutely just uh, collapsed at the end of the year, losing six straight. So this is important. Woody Johnson expects a big move to be made at quarterback. Fans are expecting a big move to be made at quarterback. The league is expecting a big move to be made at quarterback. Now all we have to do is wait for Aaron Rodgers, and I expect it to be coming in in the next two days before Monday, because that's when legal the legal tampering period starts. And that's when you know when when and where everyone is going to sign. Yeah, basically, I just think that Aaron Rodgers' move to the Jets would be similar to when Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay. Um, when he goes there, he's one of those guys that you just want to play with. And as a free agent, as a star, I would never want to go play in Green Bay. It's cold. There's nothing to do there. But to switch scenery to the Big Apple, the Big Mecca, uh, one of the greatest cities on earth and to play for a, such a big market team with a huge and passionate fan base. Uh, I see no better opportunity to try to play with a guy like Rogers, especially if I'm a receiver. And uh, the fact that if you get Aaron Rodgers, it's basically a guarantee you're getting plus one receiver, that being maybe an Odell, that would be absolutely awesome for, for you guys, Ben. And that, that excites me even as a Cowboys fan, because I would, I would love for you guys to be good. It's been too many years. I know so many Jets fans, too many years of just heartbreak and misery. My only question, though, for you, Ben, at least personally, how much of a win-now mentality does this make New York? Because as I mentioned before, uh, Aaron Rodgers is 39 years old. He has two more years of this $60 million salary, um, and he seems like a guy who can hang it up literally at any time. Does that scare you at all that if they somewhat underperform, he just walks and this is all for nothing? I mean, I could totally see it. That's that's why I think the package that will eventually be given up for Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be as is going to be smaller than people think. So what I've been thinking all along, and what I've heard in the rumor mill, is that it'll be pick forty three in this year's draft and a conditional pick next year that could turn into a first if Rodgers get if Rodgers plays beyond this season. So if Rodgers say the Jets have the same record as this past year, seven and ten, and Rodgers decides. Hey, I made a mistake in coming here. I'm going to hang it up. The Jets will give up a second round pick. That that'll be only a second round pick given up in the 2024 draft. But if Rodgers, if the Jets play well and make a decent playoff run, and Rodgers say I'll play another year here until my contract expires and then I'm out, then that could be a first round pick. So I'm not really concerned about that. I really think going for Aaron Rodgers shows that the team is not ready. Is not looking for a playoff just a playoff spot right now but literally looking to contend for a super bowl this year and next year because aaron Rodgers had a down year this past year but his down year would literally be probably the best jets season from a quarterback ever since 
Chad Pennington was a Jet, I'd say, back 15 years ago, or the one year of Brett Favre, a former Packer quarterback. Um, I think uh, this is. I think this is literally the all move, and the Jets are good looking for the home run right now. A lot of bets are being placed on the Jets in the Super Bowl. I think they have a, a top. They have the top ten odds to win it all this year. I think it's at plus eighteen hundred right now, and uh, and with Aaron Rodgers comes other talent, especially a receiver. that's gave you guys coming, um, and they'll they're clearing up cap space to try to land some more guys in free agency. And you already know Joe Douglas in the draft. He knows how to draft the right guys and uh, who can make an impact right away. And th- so I think having Aaron Rodgers, pairing him with the healthy Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, who I think can literally be Devonta Adams this season if Rodgers becomes a, Jets, becomes a Jet, along with a top five, arguably a top three defense in football, the ceiling is very high. And I think... Um, I think with what we've seen out of Buffalo in the playoffs last year and just the second half of last season in general, they looked a little shaky. Josh Allen didn't look like it, like himself. The defense slowed down a little bit. They're going to be losing some guys. Jordan Poyer and Trinidad Edmonds are going to be gone. Stephon Diggs might be a little fed up. So Buffalo is looking a little weaker right now. Miami, I'm still always iffy on Tua. They don't have a first-round pick to uh, supplant their roster. They still have one of the best receiving duos in Tyree Kill and Waddle. But I'm still a little concerned about two. And the Patriots, I'm going to be honest, don't scare me at all. They're going to lose Jacoby Myers most likely. Devin McCourty just retired. Unless they swing a trade for DeAndre Hopkins, something like that, they don't scare me in the slightest. So I could totally see the Jets winning the AFC East next year if they land Aaron Rodgers. And I expect them to make a run in the playoffs if they land him, at least make it to the divisional round of I expect him to win one playoff game at least that year. Yeah, I just think um, if you all nab up Aaron Rodgers and everything works out in your favor and, you know, the herd follows, you know, um, that team's going to be very, very scary. And you guys should walk out of your division uh, barely wounded, really, because the Patriots have their own rifles and the rest of your, that division, not so hot. So um, that'd be really, really cool. A deep playoff push is definitely in order for a team like that. Um, how do you feel about your coaching staff uh, with Aaron Rodgers? You know, um, Aaron Rodgers is a bit of a a, a hot item. Uh, I'm uh, not concerned in the slightest because Nathaniel Hackett is our offensive coordinator, and Nathaniel Hackett was the offensive coordinator in Green Bay when Aaron Rodgers won back-to-back MVPs. I'm not concerned at all. I'm not concerned about the head coach either. I think it'll be. I think it'll work out. I think. I think New York is going to welcome Rodgers' opening arms along with the staff, and I don't think there'll be any issues, realistically, unless Rodgers plays bat poorly. Then that'll be an issue. I don't. But I don't think I, have, I have no concerns. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's really, really interesting how this this season's going to come up. But I, I do think a lot of jerseys. If you bought jerseys of players, just uh, keep the receipts, for lack of a better term. A lot of guys might get moved, so be prepared. Oh, yeah. And um, one more quarterback I want to talk about before we close this episode off. Lamar Jackson received the exclusive, the non-exclusive franchise tag, meaning that he can sign with any team possible, and the Ravens can either match that deal or they'll, they can let him walk for two first-round picks. How do you feel about what the Ravens are doing with, this, with Lamar Jackson's contract and how he's being treated? Themselves- they're, they're they're buying themselves time. Let's be real here, Ben. It's just it, it's difficult for 
the Ravens and Lamar to see eye to eye. The biggest thing Lamar wants is the guaranteed money. Uh, there's only one man to blame for that, two names, Deshaun Watson, you know. Um, he secured an absolute bag from the Cleveland Browns, and not only did he receive that insane contract, but all that money's guaranteed. All that money will reach his pocket at some point in his career, and that really made the quarterback market especially very volatile, as we saw with some recent signings. Uh, Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, Geno Smith, these guys are getting huge, huge money now, and it's making the contracts that Dak signed and Patrick, Patrick Mahomes signed all look really, really well. They were crazy when they got first signed, but now they're really, really smart in retrospect. Um, Deshaun Watson's contract talks really made things volatile, and Lamar Jackson just wants that type of money. However, it's an interesting pay case because Lamar Jackson has yet to play a full season. Injuries are somewhat plaguing him, and his play style isn't sustainable for long. So we have one guy who wants guaranteed money who thinks he's worth the farm, which he is. He's a perennial superstar, and he's an amazing, amazing quarterback. But you also have a team that isn't willing to give up that kind of money because the availability is a huge question mark. And Ben, you might be the greatest quarterback who ever lived, but if you only give me about eight games a season and you know there's always something lingering, that's a problem. So chemistry is right now severed between Baltimore and uh, Lamar Jackson. However, I'm hearing a lot of teams dropping out of the interest in Lamar Jackson. I don't understand why. I think I understand why. But so, go ahead, it's, uh, it's a little interesting because... I heard that teams are dropping out of the Lamar sweepstakes. We've heard Carolina, Atlanta, who was the hottest commodity for Lamar, uh, Washington, um, the Raiders, among other teams, the Patriots, Miami. They're all dropping out of the Lamar sweepstakes because they don't want to do Eric DaCosta's work for him. The GM of the Ravens, DaCosta, hasn't, proven, hasn't been close in contract negotiations with Lamar Jackson. And the word, the word around the block is that if the Raven, if Lamar decides to, decides to sign another contract with another team, the Ravens are just going to match it, and they won't have to do any work. They just match whatever contracts give it to him, and Lamar will be uh, a Raven for however long. So I think uh, teams are feeling a little slighted that Lamar is hitting the market because they're going to have to they're going to have to do the same work that Eric DaCosta did in trying to negotiate a fully guaranteed contract. And I could see why they don't want to do that. It's a, it's a hassle, and it's going to hinder. Uh, well, what they want to do in free agency and how to build the rest of their roster. So I could totally see why these teams dropped out because the Ravens can just get off so easy if someone decides to give Lamar a contract. They it's like they didn't have to do any work at all, and all that, um, and all the um drama between the Ravens and Lamar was just for nothing. It's just it's it's really difficult how this is going to play out. I I just think that um this was all a ploy just to buy themselves time, but. Um, if no one else jabs at Lamar, he's going to have an interesting year coming up. It's, it's going to be like a prove-it kind of year. And then um, we'll see. We also see about the free agent. If the Ravens finally adhere to his wants of wide receiver and weapons, maybe the Odell, maybe the D-Hop, maybe those types of guys, maybe that kind of settles the waters for him, makes him a little happy. Maybe he stays in town. But the contract he's going to want is going to be upwards of Jalen Hurts' kind of contract. And Jalen Hurts' contract is gonna really, really going to make things interesting because the Eagles – if they throw everything at him, that team's going to look very, very drastically different. And they draft well. They trade well. They're one of those teams that's very homegrown. A lot of the players you see were drafted by them, coached up by them. But the quarterback market right now uh, is extremely volatile, and a lot of money's being thrown around, especially for guys that don't really wholeheartedly deserve it. So we'll, we'll see how it goes for, for Baltimore. But 
Um, his contract, his, his franchise tag, not exclusive, was just to buy themselves time. And I think you make a really, really great point, Ben. That it was just nobody wants to do the dirty work for them uh, regarding their contract. But um, the biggest question mark about it is the guaranteed money. Um, no one wants to pay the guaranteed money because his play and his availability isn't guaranteed. You know, guaranteed money usually shelled out to guys who you know are going to play, don't really get injured as much, pocket passers, some guy that guarantees. But his play style is albeit very exciting, but it's not sustainable for long. And all it takes is one bad hit from a linebacker coming across the middle, and he's he's set, be sent, being sent to the blue tent, you know? So it's going to be really, really interesting going forward. But if nothing works out for him trade-wise, I'm hearing the Colts talk a lot, but um, if nothing works out trade-wise and he's back in purple and be more, uh, he's going to have an awesome, awesome year because he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. And then his market value is really going to be very, very interesting. And the Baltimore might bit off more they can chew with this uh non-exclusive tag but we'll see that's the thing with but the thing is with the non-exclusive tag it's not like lamar is getting the franchise i don't think it's i don't think it's lamar getting the franchise tag necessarily that he's not getting another year i think it's up uh, the non-exclusive tag i think it's um lamar is essentially a free agent so they have to really? so he's, he's not going to be playing with that chip on his shoulder he's gonna a either have that contract or b be on a different team. I think that's what I'm pretty sure that's what it is. So what would be the point of a non-exclusive tag? Like that's just like a couple of weeks of like, okay. It's kind of like being a restricted free agent. Like you can match any contract you get or you can 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 welcome anything from another team. That's exactly why the team, that's exactly why teams aren't looking to negotiate with Lamar Jackson is because they know the Ravens can just match any deal that they give him. But the thing is, though, if he if he has this severed relationship with the Ravens, um, it doesn't matter if they match it. He could just walk to the, the other the other deal, you know. Um, yeah, well, that's the thing; he's not going to because the Ravens can just match it. It's like it's like a restricted free agent in basketball. You see? Yeah, but like it, I could still not take the Ravens deal. No, I'm pretty sure they can just match it, and he'll just be a Raven. Interesting. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, it, it, no matter what move it was, it was definitely to buy themselves time because you don't want to lose a guy like that. But you're also just not too sure on the the, the negotiation contract you want because he wants a lot of money. He does deserve it, but he's a guy that's just like man, like it, it, he just get in. He's he's getting injured, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's the thing with the uh, the Ravens, and I think the Ravens um not giving Lamar a contract right like sooner like right i feel like right after the regular season should have been when he got the contract because they saw how bad they the offense was without lamar lamar makes that offense hum and also i think the the firing of greg roman has something to do with um lamar being having a little riff with the organization because greg roman's offense suited lamar so perfectly it was a running offense and lamar loved greg roman and now he's gone so there's a little bit of a little tension between them. Yeah, I just think it, it's tough for Baltimore to keep their stuff together because Baltimore's, I wouldn't say a huge market team, but they're definitely not the biggest market. And um, it's tough for them to get free agent signings. It's definitely, it's definitely hard to attract people to come to be more. Especially with the money they're paying to um, a bunch of other guys. Yeah, Real yeah. They, they, they tend money. to double dip or yeah. over dip, yeah. So it, it's definitely tough for be more, but... Um, We'll see how it goes, you know. Uh, I trust Harbaugh personally. I'm a fan of his work, but uh, he might he might trip over his own feet here, you know. Uh, dealing with this something something to this magnitude, so we'll see, we'll see. But if if they just match and he's a Raven again, I 
like I said, I think he just tries to ball out as much as he can to really show that he's worth that money. And they're going to have to pay him that much more on the back end if that's what happens. Or he just gets injured again and we just come back to the same conversation. But Lamar's a really, really big question mark. But um, I all I want to do is I want to see him healthy. I want to see him play because he's probably one of the most exciting quarterbacks in the league. And it has it's been a, it's been a minute now since he's won an MVP, but we know what he's fully capable of and what how how he plays quarterback and what he's doing to the game. He's I don't want to say he's revolutionizing it, but you know he, he he's he's the byproduct of the Michael Vick mobility kind of quarterback. And guys like that are the meta now. You know we want a quarterback that can move. The guys of pocket passers and you know check down Charlies. That stuff is over now. We have quarterbacks running four fours. Shout out to Anthony Richardson, right? So it like this type of quarterback play is something we're gonna see for the next ten years. That's gonna be what we expect. And there's no better guy who does it currently than Lamar Action Jackson. Exactly. And going back to the mobility the mobile quarterbacks, I, f- I feel like the Ravens, like I feel like even if um they do lose Lamar Jackson, they have they're gonna have the tools to uh retool that roster because if someone uh, decides to trade for Lamar Jackson, they can very well get a quarterback, maybe Anthony Richardson, to replace him. So I don't think it could end all that badly for Baltimore. If they placed a regular franchise tag on him, that would have been a huge problem because I felt like Lamar would have just held out. But the non-exclusive franchise tag was a, was a smart move for Baltimore, to say the very least, because they can just because they don't have to negotiate anymore. Technically, some other team can negotiate a contract and they'll just match it. Yeah, I just think that if they do lose Lamar for whatever reason, um, I think they're smart enough to kind of rebuild something. And you, you, you're right. They have the tools and necessary tools to reactivate their roster and do other things or retool it. Um, and obviously, if you lose Lamar, it's a huge loss. But I think they could figure it out in technicality because they are a good football team. They have somewhat of a good culture besides this severed relationship between themselves and Lamar. But um, it's going to be really, really interesting going forward. It should be. I'm excited to see what happens next week. Next week is start a new league year. A lot of stuff is going to happen within the next coming days. Yeah. So be ready. Yeah. All right. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Sports Inventory. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Once again, I'm Ben Kuchipudi. And I'm Tyler Graham. I'll see you guys we'll, later. We'll see you guys next week.